0: This is the Squared Call podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris. And Jared Maruyama yes, is sir. over there. Yeah, that
2: pause. That pause gets me every single time. I don't know if you want me to say something then or wait until you do I wait idea.
1: till you start talking so then I can talk over you. Yes.
2: Yes, fun. It's Good
1: a, times. It is. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, but this is, I don't know what episode number this is. It doesn't matter. But our guest for this episode is Becky and Frank, also known as Tiny Kitten Teeth, <laughs> also known as Other Things. Uh, I was <laughs> surprised that they they go by so many different names. Um, so if you're listening to this, or if you're a regular listener to the Squared Coat podcast, you know that I am a Mondo fan. So my the most knowledge I have from them is from the posters they've done through Mondo and they always go under the name of tiny kitten teeth on there so i just assume like that was their handle or their <laughs> you know the name that they go by but that was actually in reality we learned this pretty early on in the interview that you're about to hear um that was just one of the projects that they did right
2: but uh i think that's how i first found them was when they were working on those projects i mean i did know that they had names but um and i followed them for quite a while but this was the first time i've actually had a conversation with them and i I gotta say they were just so nice like just such a sweet couple and they were nice to each other um very generous to each other in this interview um and just Really sweet people, and um, makes me feel yeah. like
1: an asshole when people are that nice to each other. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> you should,
2: you should. Um, but uh, yeah, they were, weren't they, very kind to each other? Didn't you think? Like usually, a couple comes on and they kind of, you know, jab at each other just for fun. They were very <laughs> yeah, nice no, to each it other, was, very sincere. They were
1: very, very pleasant, and it was cool to hear that they they work together. A, like it's not. They really are a team, I guess. They work yep, together definitely. on a lot of projects very, very frequently, it seems like. That um, just
2: baffles me. To work that closely with a significant other for me, I think, would be certain doom. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I get too self-conscious and it's like uh, that other person is too close for me to have any yeah, kind of It's like, It's space.
1: difficult to, to manage a, sh- a relationship like that. I think if you, if you are to do something like that, it makes more sense to like, separate the relationship into two groups so it's like you're there's work relationship and then there's personal relationship but it's it's very difficult and those lines always get blurred.
2: Yeah, and they um, they do have very like a clear delineation of who does what uh yeah. as far as the creative process so I'm sure that helps but um
1: and the fact that they like I mean obviously it's creative what they both do but one um Frank is the writer and Becky is the artist so it's not like either one can take over the role or responsibility for the other. Right? They have like distinct, our good friends
2: Daniel right. and Anna Clark, who who are doing kind of the same thing. Yeah, in but the they, same space. Yeah, yeah. but, but they, uh, they
1: are very friendly to each other too. Oh no, they are. But they're yeah, very, they're very playful about it. They're <laughs> um, one thing I did want to talk about before we go into promoting Cute Couples Show, which is coming up. Oh, but well, that was gonna—you just
2: ruined my big. Speaking of cute couples. Oh, well, that was sorry. your segue. Oh, man, you ruined it. Okay. Ruined
1: it. So I, they, they talk about, um, Frank talks about their specific, r- like, working together on writing a script mm-hmm. and how detailed that, you asked, like, how detailed it has to be. So I, I mean, I'm not a writer. I did go to school and I have an English degree. And one of the classes I took was actually a graphic novels class. It was all about comic books. And one of the projects we had, or lessons, I guess, our teacher shared us shared with us like different types of scripts. And I, I'm sure you're familiar with Alan Moore. He wrote uh, the Watchmen mm-hmm. and a bunch of other kind of darker and more serious comic book um, yeah. or graphic novels. Uh, so he is a writer and is very, very uh, descriptive in his in his scripts. So. Mm-hmm. If you get an Alan Moore style script, it's like he breaks down every single panel, every like every angle, what characters are going to be in frame. Um, so like a, typically it's like a one to one ratio. So a one page script will translate into a one page, you know, drawn out comic. Yeah. For him, it, it's like a five to one ratio where it's like five pages of text for one um, page of the final product of the comic. And then you can have other people whose script style is like, I'm gonna write basically, you need to get this point across on this page. You do however you want. So like, it's gotta be there's a confrontation between two characters and the one of them slaps the other before they leave. And then that's it. And it's up to the artist to figure out how that the best way to tell that story visually. Um, anyways, that's a long rant about Comics and scripts that uh, we didn't get into on the episode. But anyways, Speaking now. Of
2: cute couples. <laughs> there
1: it is. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we've talked about this before, but we have Squared Co.'s next uh, gallery show is Cute Couples, where we celebrate all pop culture couples. Um, it's everything from romantic couples to buddies and dynamic duos. And that will be happening on February 10th at the Doe and Arrow Cookie Store in Costa Mesa. If you aren't able to make the opening reception, though, all of the artwork will be available uh, in store to see and then available online the day after the opening reception. So um, if you can't make it, definitely be sure to follow us and then check out the website to see all of the pieces from the show.
2: So they can buy prints the opening at the opening event. Is that correct.
1: correct, and then whatever's left after that will be available online. So
2: afterwards. if they go to the cookie shop after the prints will still the the images will be on the wall, but they will not be able to buy prints after the right. opening night. E- exactly, they'd have to go to the website. Okay, just wanted Nailed to make it. sure of that.
1: Oh, so another fun thing, another added incentive: if you are you know SoCal resident, if you buy a print from us at the opening uh, reception, you get a free cookie. Oh, so there's a little fun added incentive to go to the opening um and in, in addition to that we'll have some other you know free goodies uh to hand out to people that come by so it's definitely worth it if you live in the area to go to the the opening for that show
2: uh is there have you said who's going to be in the show yet
1: uh jared will be in the show yes i said that you did say um that? I don't think I've announced it yet, but <clears throat> I can, I don't know. Do you want me to name drop some people, Jared?
2: Why don't you name drop some people? That'd be <laughs> nice. Yeah.
1: So I'll just go quickly
2: through people
1: that have been on the show before. So we've got Andrew Kolb is doing a piece. Uh, both oh, of the Clarks. Is. Oh, nice. Both, both of the Clarks that we've already mentioned in this intro. Anna Clark and Daniel Clark. Uh, Benson Shum that we had on a few episodes ago, or a few months ago let's see who else we got here chris ramo cole roberts dave Pryor. um let's see jared like i said already jason young invisible element and levi pruitt who we just had very recently luke flowers mike anderson uh and i think that's it so i i've said this as well I may or may not be contributing a piece. Thank mm, like uh, I would really like to, but yeah, who knows. Perfect. I have an idea, but my idea is kind of large. So and ah. we'll see if I have time to fulfill my what's in my head.
2: Yes. Uh, I will not be at that show, which is too bad. I really wanted to be there, but I will be uh, – that week uh, I'll be yes. in – Orlando. Uh, So the uh, Epcot International Festival of the Arts opened last week, Friday of last week. So uh, the festival is going strong already by the time this airs. I will be there for my part February 9th through the 13th. Uh, There's a Wonderground tent in World Showcase uh, and I'll be there doing signings. I'm also going to do signings at Wonderground Gallery in Disney Springs and I'll post more about those dates and times as soon as I have them. But just so you know, if you're in the Orlando area or you happen to be in Disney World, that we come by and say hi because I will be out there for a long time in the Florida heat, and uh, it's nice to have <laughs> someone to talk to. So <laughs> come by and say hi. So and,
1: um, yeah. yep. So that weekend you have. It doesn't matter what coast you're on; you can come hang out with the Squared Co mm-hmm. podcast. That's right. One coast of the to coast. <laughs> West Coast, come hang out in Costa Mesa. <laughs> if you're on the east coast go on down to orlando and check out jared at epcot all right so i think that's enough for this intro uh like i said before this is the episode with tiny kitten teeth that is becky and frank um i i don't know what else there's to say so i don't know why i'm hesitating here that's right this is this is the episode um enjoy Welcome to the Squared Co. podcast, Tiny Kitten Teeth. What's going on, guys?
2: <laughs> hey, how's <Hi>. it going? <laughs> now we can clap. Now we can do the applause. Hey. 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 Let me wanted to clap for a while.
0: <laughs> just got to get yeah. it out of my system.
1: It's an exciting thing. Um, so <laughs> I just learned this, but... Okay, well, actually, before we, we do this, mm. uh, Tiny Kitten Teeth is comprised of two individuals. Why don't you guys... Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves really quick.
0: Oh, uh, I'm Becky Dresdott. Uh I'm the artist. Uh, so, <laughs> Frank, Frank is a writer. Yeah, that's me. But I'm uh, the writer we do like, a lot of comics together. Like, we did a webcomic called Tiny Kitten Teeth, and we did uh, Capture Creatures comics, which was like a. Uh, is kind of like a Pokemon type thing. And that came out at issues.
3: Yeah. We've done like a kid's books and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, often like when Becky does like a Mondo poster, she's branded as like tiny kitten teeth or like, uh, based on like our book, tiny kitten teeth. Um, it also goes to go uh, by like the Becky and Frank kind of deal. We have multi monikers.
0: It goes, it goes yeah. either way. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: <laughs>
1: I thought tiny kitten teeth was your, your handle as a collective couple. It's, it's um, been, u- it's
3: been used for both. Uh, mm. we, ge- we generally, we generally go Becky and Frank now, but like if Becky ever does like a Mondo poster, it's always like Tiny Kitten Teeth. Mm-hmm. They really like the name. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Cause I never knew, like, I always just know you guys as Becky and Frank. I mean, I knew Tiny Kitten <laughs> Teeth, of course, but I always just thought Becky and Frank collectively as a one. So I was never <laughs> sure like who did what. So uh, is that really the split? Becky, are you strictly the artist and Frank is strictly the writer or does Frank also Do some art sometimes. Oh, I can't can't (laughs) draw. Yeah. Oh, okay. Frank
0: Frank doesn't draw, but I'll help out a little bit with the writing sometimes. Like, just, like, ideas of, like, I have this idea for a comic. Can you write it, Frank? Yeah, like, (laughs) Becky's
3: just like, hey, I want to do this, like, creature deal. And I'm just like, so do you have any ideas? And Becky's like, No. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'll go write a 300 page book now. <laughs> and then she'll say she doesn't like it. Start over
1: mm-hmm. every time. No,
3: no, no. <laughs> no, It hasn't happened yet, but you know, we've only been yeah. doing this for like, I don't know, like 12, almost 13 years. Mm-hmm. So who knows? It so could be the first. That's
2: Ash. It's been that longer. Like, so I have this, I'm showing my copy of,
0: Oh, yes.
2: I got this a while back. I was very excited. This is such a, Cool project. What year was this that Sorry, you guys did? Two thousand ten.
0: Yeah, I think it was like twenty ten.
2: Twenty ten. Okay, and this was uh, something that you guys just did on your own, or was this with a with a publishing uh, company?
0: Yeah, we just did it on our own, and we just did a Kickstarter for it.
3: Yeah, it was like our first Kickstarter that we did really right when the service like started up about
2: seven years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. That's pretty early on in the process. Uh, and so then, and then since then, you guys have had uh, just a ton of projects, ton of great projects, and you know I have a million questions so we are probably gonna <laughs> jump all over the place here and probably not <laughs> in any chronological order uh, but let's start with um let's start with capture creatures actually so I wonder if you could just sort of explain capture creatures really quickly for the audience and then uh, we have a bunch of questions for you on this
0: okay yeah so it's it started out I just wanted to do um I really love Pokemon and I love the original watercolor illustrations mm-hmm. so I wanted to make my own uh, creatures. And so I came up with a bunch of those and then Frank came up with, uh, names and descriptions for them.
3: Yeah. And so like the, the project kind of started just like Becky trying to like do like a, like a watercolor and ink exercise pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And we, we got like super, super into it. And then we did it for like two years, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and kind of fell in love with the project. And then, uh, we put out a hardcover book of like a compendium of all the creatures And then from there we started working on the comics and we released like comic books, like based on like the characters, like uh, the creatures themselves, but also like we added some human characters Mm -hmm. and we did that for about, I don't know, like six months. Yeah. Yeah, About six months.
2: But so before it was a, before it was a book, it was it a, it was a gallery show. Was that right?
3: Oh yeah. 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 Like, um, gallery nucleus approached us about it.
0: Yeah. And the, the book Release was um, at Gallery Nucleus, so it was part of the gallery show. And then they did a we did a second show at Gallery Nucleus that was um, after the comics had came out. And then it was a bunch of the artists that had done covers for the comics plus like additional paintings. Yeah. Um, and then I did some new creatures that was part of the show as well.
3: Yeah, but for that for that first show it was um, like 151 creature paintings plus a couple extra bonus ones plus yeah, like that's uh, illustrations. Yeah. So it was like 160 something piece gallery show that was all, yeah. tradition- <laughs> all traditionally painted by Becky. So wow.
1: the book was actually, it, you worked with boom studios, right? Is that correct?
3: Yeah. 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 Like, um, so we started working with boom pretty early on in the process for like the comic and they were super supportive and just like, they just told us to like, kind of go off and like come up with what this world would be. But lucky f- for us, we'd already started to think about that stuff (laughs) because we were just like, yeah, we really want to do this as a comic. I don't know how we're going to do it. And then when they asked us if it was like, have you guys thought about doing a comic? I was like, yeah, maybe. that
1: can work out. (laughs) So, uh, I think, so our listeners know this, but you guys probably aren't aware. My kind of creative career started at boom studios. Oh, crazy. I, I was, when I was going to college, I was an intern for boom. So this was probably like, 2010 ish give or take yeah so that's um i wonder if we had any i'm sure we didn't have any contact together but if some of the people i worked with you guys have worked with too
3: oh i'm sure yeah like uh like shannon waters was like our editor yeah she was buddies editor with there. buddies with bryce um, i think um yep another editor so when here. i was there
1: it was it was kind of a sad time or transitional period where they had just they didn't lose the um the, the Disney Muppets license, but it had expired and they weren't renewing it. So I was there when like all of that whole series ended and I'm a big Muppets and Disney lover. So that was kind of sad to see that era of Yeah. end. Yeah. Um, and they were in kind of a weird spot. It was before they got the Cartoon Network license. So it was this kind of like just independent Independent artists uh, and independent writers producing their own their own series, which was great, but they didn't have like a big title yet.
3: But like that that was really really great for them when the Adventure Time. Yeah, that
1: kind of that was huge for them for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: when we started doing stuff for them was right when they got the Adventure Time uh, license. We did uh, some backup stories and covers for it.
1: (laughs) Oh, cool!
3: Yeah, like we we ended up doing like a a one shot annual. uh, We did a Fiona and Cake. Uh-huh. Uh, like we did like kids book style to, uh, the book was actually like landscape. It was like really fun. It kind of flew under the radar a bit. Cause like, it was kind of like, I mean like the adventure time wave is still going now. Like it's still like incredibly yeah. popular, mm-hmm. but it was like immediately after like the kind of like the, the fad was kind of like starting to like kind of maybe glide down a bit as like Stevie universe and like other mm-hmm. shows like that were mm-hmm. starting to pop up and the pick like, up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
2: were you guys Adventure Time fans of the show at the time, or was this something new to you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like
3: we're, we've been fans of it since like the Nickelodeon short, the Frigerator short, um, right. came out. <laughs> Becky, you, like you're, you did like fan art of it when you were in college, right? Yeah, like
0: based off of the short. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. I just loved it, so I did some fan art. <laughs>
3: yeah, um, like you can kind of Google around and you can find the uh, the original pitch bible for Adventure Time. Oh, cool. Uh, when they took it over to Cartoon Network to be like a story, story based show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's some of Becky's fan art like in the back there. And there's actually a bunch of other like animation professionals and stuff, like uh who were just fans when they were coming up. Oh, that's very um, cool. Before, yeah. Yeah. Before cool. anyone worked in the industry. And you could it's just like it's just like this little page in the back, it's just like check out all this cool fan art that people drew of like uh Adventure Time. <laughs> and yeah, there's like a Becky one in there.
2: <laughs> oh, cool. I'll have to look that up. When
3: you
1: were coming up with this idea for uh, capture creatures, did you know that it was going to be a story, or were you just looking to um, kind of create new characters and have a like a schedule to keep producing new work?
0: Yeah, it's definitely more of that where I like we didn't really have a story initially. I just wanted to design my own creatures and wanted to just do my own series of uh, characters and mm-hmm. Yeah, so initially I didn't really think about it being a comic. Like how soon did you start thinking about that it could be a comic, Frank?
3: So about like halfway through the run, I started to have like ideas for what could be a potential comic. And so in the foreword of the book, the the first one, the hardcover, that's just like the collection of creatures, there's like a little story that's like written by like an explorer um, who's come across like this island where all the creatures are. Hmm. And that's actually like factors in like a little bit um into what the comic actually became and i think in the process of just like writing that little bit there which was honestly like originally just like i was like i just need to have a way to like introduce this like introduce this like as like as like a world as opposed to like a project Hmm. and then i was just like oh this is actually kind of fun to think about like this island where all these like where all these animals are different from how they are in the rest of the world and then it kind of just like took off from there
2: interesting so how much uh when it's a project like this where you're working together on it like is there a lot of back and forth that like conceptually about the story and all of these things, or does Frank sort of create something and then Becky gets to sort of edit it or, you know, like put it, have input. Like how does that process work for you guys?
0: I guess it it depends on the project. Like Mm -hmm. there are certain, like, cause uh, we just did a, we've been working on on a new web web comment called a bustle town. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that one, I came up with like a lot of the Id- like more ideas in that one that I would say in the Capture Creatures comic. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, you you kind of had like uh, a lot of the concepts laid out for Bustle Town like well before I started like writing it. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Capture Creatures, I'll be straight. It was written like fly by the seat of your pants. Mm. Like we, <laughs> like we found out the book was coming out and we were just like, Oh my God. Okay. I guess I have to finish that book quick. <laughs> and so, so there were, there wasn't a huge amount of like a, uh, like editorial process. Like, yeah. cause like Becky's my editor, like my number one editor, she reads everything <laughs> like I've ever written. And so she has like a lot of input on like, Oh, maybe you should change this. Maybe you should change that. But I mean, for the most part, she like digs what I come up with. She mo- usually just like fixes things that I do in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so were you guys both, comics people like uh, obviously frank i'm assuming you were since a, since you were young but becky were you into comics as well growing up
0: oh yeah i i really loved uh bone when i was growing up it's I, a jess
2: myth
3: book
0: i yeah just had the first issue and for some reason instead of getting more i'd read the first issue over and over again and then i got really <laughs> into the trading cards because i was like i really like the art in this and uh so i was really into that comic and i loved garfield it was, it was oh. like disney
3: adventures right
0: yeah, but I never actually read it in D- Disney Adventures. Oh, yeah, I got Nickelodeon magazine. I never got Disney Adventures when I was growing <laughs> up. Sorry. <laughs>
2: so, how did you get into Garfield? It seems a little. It must have been a little <laughs> old at that point, even for you.
0: I so like like in <laughs> elementary school at the Scholastic book fairs, they would have Garfield collections, and I would just get those, and I just I l- just loved him. That's <laughs> right. <hilarious. laughs> He's a cat. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the cartoon was
3: big in the nineties. Ah, too, maybe right? that. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah it kept it, it I I kept dug kept the it comic. Uh, like I I like I oh, rather I dug the cartoon. Um, and then I kind of got into the comics when I was like really young. Like mm-hmm. I was probably like.
0: Yeah, I think like, I probably saw the cartoon first. Yeah, I mm-hmm. was like
3: four or five when I like got into it. I remember having like a, I think it was a like, Garfield game for like the Amiga 500.
0: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you even do in that? <laughs> I don't remember. It's, yeah,
3: it's.
0: Just Garfield with a gun shooting Monday. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: Spiders. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This power ups coffee. Uh,
2: so what did you grow up reading then? Frank, were you, I'm assuming you were always into comics or did it come? Uh, later? Yeah. Later?
3: Yeah. I was, I was like always super into comics. Like I, I actually started as like a superhero kid. Oh, you did. Yeah. Like uh spider, like actually. So right at the same time that I started reading like Spider-Man, cause mm-hmm. I was definitely like, I was definitely like kind of moving more towards like a lighter kind of Marvel comics thing. Uh, I was picking up issues of like mad and thrift stores mm. and I didn't get any of the jokes cause I was like too young for it, but, <laughs> I, <liked the laughs> art. but I also started picking up like, uh, Simpsons comics oh. and Simpsons magazine where they had like the old, Hey, Ar- like, uh, Hey Arnold strips before that was like a show. Mm-hmm. um and then you'd get like the occasional like sanitized because like uh, I, gr- I grew up in new zealand australia and we kind of get these weird distillations of like overseas media so there'd even be like a weird like little life and hell strip in there like it, <laughs> oh like,
0: weird <laughs> there
3: were super sanitized ones but i was just like all oh, these bunny people are kind of cool looking i remember them from the simpsons mm-hmm. arcade game i remember
0: my <laughs> my friend growing up like uh her dad had a collection of those comics that i knew as a simpsons guy but i was like I like that they're buddies, but I don't understand any of this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, like I kind of like went from there into like gained like Sergio uh, Aragone's work, and then uh, a very kindly comic book person in Perth, Western Australia was like, "Hey, you should check out this comic called Bone," because like I was buying like trash, like I was buying like Clone Saga Spider Man, like I was just <laughs> like I was, I was searching for something clearly, and he like gave me Ramma. Uh, He gave me like. Oh, yeah, I
0: to ask. Did you ever get into manga at all? Yeah. I got way into it in high school.
3: Yeah, like, Rema was like. It's weird because, like, I had all these things in, like, a vacuum where it's just like, oh, Rema, it's, like, a cool comic that I like. And then, like, I didn't read any others.
0: Oh. (laughs) Like, that was the first anime I ever saw. And I was so confused. And I was just like, I need to see more of this, but I don't know what's happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like. You. We we haven't talked too much about anime before, but this is a good opportunity for me to get to know my co-host, mm. Jared. Do you have you ever been into anime or manga before?
2: I get this question a lot because uh, I'm Japanese and because <laughs> <laughs> I draw, you know, cutesy bootsy things. So everyone kind of assumes <laughs> I have. Boot- <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> they assume I have some sort of anime pedigree or something, you know, like I'm just born with the knowledge. But I, I really don't. Like, I grew up more, uh, very much American animation. I mean, there were some little bits and pieces. Like Speed Racer, like the really old stuff that was like Mm -hmm. uh, brought over and dubbed. It it wasn't anything like the nutty stuff that's out there, uh, you know, now, like from the 90s and on, though. But um, how did you find it, Becky? Did you like did someone introduce it to you? Did you see a show on TV and that lent you back to like the manga stuff or like how did you come about it?
0: Oh, I saw like uh, Rama that was just on some random channel. I was at a beach house in North Carolina and me (laughs) and my siblings were up late and we just found it by accident. But for like that, I, I got into manga and that was just like going to like bookstores and just finding the manga section there. And I don't remember like being really introduced to it. I just was looking for comics and then I discovered like a lot of manga at like Barnes mm-hmm. and Nobles and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was mm-hmm. definitely everywhere for a while there. But
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, that, like you're lucky because i didn't have that growing up like it, it just wasn't there oh yeah like it was like Tokyo relegated Pop to like a corner really, like, the they store. brought
0: over tons of stuff mm. yeah
3: like see like there was no one bringing like that into like australia and new zealand especially it's also
0: more expensive to bring books there right yeah important stuff
3: sorry they usually do reprints and that's that's a little different and, um,
2: <laughs>
3: they they often did bad bad jobs <laughs> bringing stuff over
2: so then okay again i'm gonna be jumping all around right here frank what what brought you to the states then because you did you guys meet in the united states yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: we, we met at san diego comic con oh, <laughs> uh, that I couldn't was, be more perfect yeah yeah, when i, when I was 21 years old it's the first comic convention i ever went to so i thought Same. all of them we, so we thought all of them were like san diego comic con
0: at, <laughs> at the time it wasn't as huge like we just we could just walk into panels and you didn't have to We didn't buy long. our tickets
3: in advance either.
0: Yeah. It wasn't like super crowded or anything,
3: <laughs> but yeah, like, so, so we met there um, and we'd just been like doing like little comic stuff to, like together uh, just like online and we hit it off. And then we didn't see each other again for like a year. And then we started flying back and forth, like back and fly to New Zealand. I'd oh, fly wow. to America and, uh and then Becky graduated and moved to New Zealand
2: mm-hmm.
3: um to start wow. with and that's kind of we we moved back in with my parents and we we lived in the attic and <laughs> and worked at a
0: very bad toy store for a while. Yeah, you worked at a bad toy store. <laughs>
3: I worked for a internal company email newsletter design house.
2: Wow. So
3: it's just like people who were just like, hey, it, literally I worked like on like a f- thing for a box factory <laughs> uh, where it's just like they would send out their pa- like packaging of the week emails to like everyone who like worked there yeah. <laughs> and people in the industry. So yeah, we just like, we just like sat in my parents' attic and we just like worked way too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just tried to like work out what we kind of wanted to do with our lives. Cause like we knew we wanted to make comics and we knew we loved cartoons, but we weren't sure. Like what direction I was going to take or if we could earn any money doing it. At what
1: point were were you introduced to writing and did that become your creative
3: outlet? I've been writing since I was like a kid. Like mm. I, I was like the weird kid who would like record stories about monsters on like tapes and stuff. Whoa. Well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so did, was that always the goal? Um, no, 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 no. Um. So when I was five years old, I got the Greenpeace video game. Where you spray paint seals so people won't kill them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally something they would do. Uh, Wait, really? They, they'd spray paint the seals so people wouldn't like uh, kill them. Oh, because
0: they want the the pelt. Co-
3: yeah. Oh, uh, so I got the Greenpeace video game, and I thought maybe I'd be like an crazy. environmental scientist. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I, I thought about that for a while, um, but then I got more and more into writing. Like, I, I moved to Perth, Western Australia, and I went to this really incredible uh, school, North Perth Primary School, and they were 100% indulgent of everything that I was into. Like I was into music, I was into writing, I was into comics, I was into cartoons and they're just like, yeah, yeah. Keep. Cause like when I was young, I drew, I stopped drawing when I was like 12. Well,
0: You could still draw Sonic the Hedgehog. I draw Sonic the Hedgehog the exact same way that I did when I was 12 years old.
3: I once had a teacher come into my class. Like I think when I was like maybe like 10 or something and it was one of the younger kids came in and there's like, Hey, we need someone to draw Sonic. And I was nominated to draw Sonic. Um, and I actually, I had like a, uh, like a, a rival. Um, <laughs> Did he draw knuckles? <gasps> no, no, no. no she, she would draw Mario just to upset me. Whoa. Uh, sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and she actually went on to become a children's book illustrator as well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And like another kid I went to school with there. I went on to like do like super, super like obtuse, like indie comics press stuff in Perth Western Australia. Like I was really lucky. I had those formative years there. Because they were just like, yeah, keep writing. So I was writing stories all the time. I was making my own comics. And then I moved back to New Zealand and went to like a really exclusive private school. And then they stomped it out of me.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> Is I, that when you wanna, wanted to become a wrestler? Uh, I, was, I wanted to become
3: a wrestler when I was probably like about 15. I wanted to go oh wrestling. God. Um, okay, so we can't, we can't
1: get past that. <laughs> now that you brought it up. You actually... So I'll give you the opportunity to plug your podcast real quick. Here. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I,
3: I, I do a podcast uh, called This Is Awesome. And it's uh, with a bunch of other cool dudes, uh, Charlie Antosca, Joaquin Poblete, and uh, Tom Youngerberg. And we watch the greatest wrestling matches of all time. And then we show it to someone who's never seen wrestling before ever essentially, (laughs) or has like a very like limited relationship with it. So it's just like, they've watched like a Hulk Hogan match where they know who stone cold Steve Austin is, or they maybe watched it when they were a teenager (laughs) or something. And we show this match to them. And then we try and like work out if it like succeeds as a piece of media. Hmm like to see if like wrestling is like this universal, like language of like, does uh, the
0: majority of people get into it or do like, we're like
3: 75% people dig it. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Like, but also I'm like talking to like people who are like involved in like the arts and stuff. And if you show someone like, I I think like a really great wrestling match, um, I think, I think it transcends like kind of like the medium. It's kind of like, you (laughs) know, for like a lot, for like a lot of people who couldn't get into comics, like a comic, like mouse was like super important Mm -hmm. to like a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Uh, for people who didn't like think animated movies were something like Akira factors in like every, like every film school nerd who doesn't like cartoons still loves like Miyazaki. Right. So in, with your podcast, do
1: you try and match? Oh, um, this, <laughs> this is, that's a funny way to say it. Do, try and, do you try and match a match to the, the individual? Like, will you try and curate which match they're going to be watching I, for your episode?
3: If, if, if it, if we've got like, uh, cause like, uh, often like our matches are like listener suggested and then we like, we'll just like, oh, kinda, okay. we'll, we'll go through them. If we haven't seen them, especially we'll go through them take a look. If a guest happens to like, we think that like their sensibility would maybe line up with like what, what we have, I'll definitely lean into that. But I've, I've shown matches to people who I thought would like, uh, really like them and they're like, yeah, it didn't do anything for me. Or I'll show a match <laughs> that I'm just like, this person is going to hate this. And they're like, yes. Like, I love it. <laughs>
1: Uh, can I can I nominate Jared to be? A oh guest?
2: my gosh! Oh,
3: I would yes. love to have Jared on. That'd be awesome.
2: I could probably tell uh, you my reaction right now. Actually, you've
3: got
2: <laughs> to find, like, find the bloodiest something. match yeah. for him.
0: Let's find a cute, a bootsy match. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The new day. The uh, new day. Do, do cute you, matches.
1: <laughs> do you try do you stick to um like mainstream wrestling or do you go and like find some obscure backyard wrestling videos oh
3: well we'll find we'll find like independent stuff like i, I mean most months i go to see like indie wrestling in like an american legion hall like out in like the valley like recita california where it's just like standing room only like 200 people just jammed into a building like that's <laughs> that's that's one of my happy places um but like I, I watch like a lot of wrestling there. I watch like a lot of Japanese wrestling, especially like oh it's getting gosh. really it's getting really big in America right now.
2: So when you were young, uh, when you were watching this, what were you what were you watching? Were you watching uh, American professional wrestling or was it? Yeah, I
3: was watching Amer- I was watching American professional wrestling. Okay. Um, I was watching like uh, started watching like uh, WWE and like WCW like in like the kind of like mm-hmm. 1998 probably like around there. So I would be like 14.
2: Yeah. Huh. Um, this is a and, very different conversation than I thought we'd be having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're,
3: uh, but yeah, like so, I watched that and I was just like, I want to be a wrestler, pretty much. Like I was like, this is really cool. It's like it's like acting, it's writing, it's like uh, at the time I was like rowing as well, and like I was involved in like sports and stuff. And I was like, my it's like goodness. it's like all my interests like put together and <laughs> so awesome. i did one week of training camp and i wasn't cut out for it and i blew out my knee and that was the end of my wrestling career Oh, so you oh. actually
1: went into where i went to a, you yeah like i went to a, a training camp
3: um wow. for a week oh man um, that's awesome and so i wrestled like every day and just like learned like learned holds learned how to run the ropes and i just destroyed my body <laughs> in the course of a week and my body was just not uh not ready for it like a yeah. So that, like I, yeah. I have knees uh, that don't work so good just from one week of doing that. See now,
2: <laughs> So I would watch a show about that training camp. That's what I would watch. <laughs> right. That would be, they have shows. That would
1: be fantastic. I think MTV had a show a, like a reality show about that. Yeah. But it was I don't know, Jared, like, it
3: was like tough enough, mm. um, which was like, yeah. they would teach people how to be wrestlers. Um, but there's like a bunch of like wrestling school documentaries and stuff like that. That's okay. like, it's like, it's really interesting. So like in, in Japan, they have high school uh, pro wrestling clubs. So it's not just like <laughs> amateur, like Greco Roman style. Oh, really? No, they have pro wrestling clubs and they put on a show at the end of the year. Huh. And I'm just like, and they, uh, oh, they sometimes awkward. do them at uh, a really cool. Kirk hall uh, next to the Tokyo dome in, um, in Tokyo. And I'm just like, I want to go to a high school wrestling show. I want to go to a college wrestling show. So bad. <laughs> like <laughs> wow, it sounds like super fun to me. <laughs>
2: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Little Becky. If we can move off of wrestling, wait, so, wait, wait,
1: wait. I, I want to go about baby. Becky let me get too. one more, one more thing. Okay, okay. One I got to move what what your wrestler wrestling persona was. Oh, <laughs> I, I was like
3: a team goth. I wanted to be like a stupid, like tough, like like gothy Undertaker type guy. That's even though I'm like, like not very, that, like the at edge. All. Oh, I would love to, like ed, Some, yeah, somebody edge from the brood. Like the, yes totally okay so clearly (laughs) clearly you had a relationship with professional wrestling as well (laughs) yeah in the
1: mid to late 90s i was into wwf or wwe whatever whatever the the, the, term is
3: wwf is they're the e now uh but like but yeah like that's that's like i guess we got into it the exact same period of time because you had the brood like, even though they were, like, Gangrel? In, yeah, Gangrel, Christian, guy, right? Edge, yeah. <laughs> the vampi- a, Vampire new Man. Goth,
0: new Goth boy from New Zealand.
3: Oh, yeah. There's, like, a this uh, really young guy, Jay White, uh, who's been, like, training in Japan. And they just gave him, like, a like a Trent rezner type gimmick. And it's, like...
0: is uh, he, like, the Switchblade or something? Yeah, the Switchblade yeah. Like Jay White. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I love it. Yeah, oh my
3: gosh. Like, But, yeah, I stopped watching it for, like, 10 years. And then I, like, like got, got <laughs> yeah, reintroduced. Back
1: up um, I know Jared's dying, so we'll let him. No, <laughs> will no, save just, him. We'll save him. Also, just, you need
3: to hear about Becky. Becky doesn't care about wrestling that
1: much.
2: I, I did all the wrong research for this interview. Um, so- Jared
1: and, and Becky can have a f- five minute conversation now.
2: So uh, we
0: could talk about kittens together. Yeah, big-headed animals.
2: And uh, so, how did you how did you get into drawing though, Becky? Was it just something you you picked up? uh, You know, like most kids, just start drawing stuff, and you stuck with it, or was there something more pivotal when you were?
0: Um, I just always remember drawing. Like, I don't remember a time when I, like, wasn't drawing stuff. Mm -hmm. Before I wanted to be an artist, so I wanted to grow up to be a fox, and then I realized I (laughs) couldn't do
2: that. Now that I understand. (laughs) I understand that better.
0: (laughs) Apparently, I I, uh, found out recently from my mom that I thought David the Gnome was my grandfather. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a a lot of good ideas going on. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, have you considered uh, looking into furry conventions? You oh. can be, a, you can be I, any animal you
0: want. There. <laughs> I mean, I bet we'd make lots of money. <laughs> That's true. That's true.
2: <laughs> so then, did you go to like? When did you decide that you were going to do this as a career, or you were going to study it, or, or however it oh. next changed?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I feel like my entire life I knew that this is the only thing oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm able to do mm-hmm. like, w- well enough. Like I there's like no other job I really considered. For a while, I was like, maybe I'll work at a coffee shop or some more reliable job and then do art on the side. And then <laughs> then I realized like, no, I just want to do art only. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so did you go to art school?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I went to um, SCAD. It's a, in Savannah, Georgia. It is mm-hmm. a very bad name, yeah. but I, I studied comics there. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the school I went to. So you studied
2: <laughs> comics. Like what was the program name?
0: It was called sequential art. Because sequential
2: uh, okay. you have to
3: make yourself fancy.
2: You
0: got to make the parents be okay with paying for it. <laughs> so you can't call it comics, even though.
2: <laughs> so that's, when that's what I call it, when that was your major, was that what you were thinking that you would do, that you would write comics or was it a broader art goal?
0: At that time, I just really wanted to make comics. Like, I liked animation too, but I uh, was thinking more that I just wanted to do like uh, comics and illustration. Uh,
2: so, where did you start developing? You have a very distinct style, and it's not one that I think most people would associate with comics, which is why I like it, I think, a lot. <laughs> um, but so, how did, where did the style of yours sort of come from then?
0: Oh. Um,
2: was this always how you've this, drawn, or or did no?
0: It... It's definitely changed over the years. Like my earlier style in elementary school was a ripoff of Rocco's Modern Life. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> I had my own own characters that were not Rocco. It was Rocco as a lizard, but he also had a white dog that was basically <laughs> a spunky. And then in middle school, I got really into Redwall, so I was doing a lot of black and white, like uh, hatching on like mice and stuff like that. It would make little clay weapons. Um, and then I got more into, then I got really into Pokemon and then I made, I, Mm. I've made other like Pokemon type creatures. They were just Digimon. Well, they're also Digimon too.
3: (laughs) But those Pokemon you were drawing were Digimon.
0: Which ones? All that, of there's them?
3: There's a on one.
0: Oh, yes. I had a lot of, uh, yeah, I love Gautamon from Digimon, and I made a lot of Gautamon ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so basically my style is just a combination of a bunch of different uh, ripoff. <laughs> <that kind> of <laughs>
2: <things>. <laughs> I think that's probably true for, for just about everybody, though. I think, I think we yeah, all see, start I, that way, right?
0: Yeah, you got to be influenced by something. <laughs> yeah,
2: like I still draw like a gripping hand the way Garfield gripping hands were like i can see all my like you know all the all these bad habits i got from garfield
0: (laughs) like Uh, when i draw hands i always have to think of like pikachu's hand like i have trouble like (laughs) thinking of a human hand but i'm like i could draw pikachu's hand just have to make the fingers longer
2: (laughs) yeah exactly i know when i draw try to draw a regular hand it just looks wrong to me like too many fingers too much like space it's rough um, oh, yeah. so then when you finish school, is this when you're moving to New Zealand, like right after school or did you do something else right after college?
0: Uh, no. Yeah. Like after college, uh, actually, no, Frank came to visit me when I was graduating. And, uh, then we went to, I think we went to a couple comic conventions and then we went to New Zealand.
2: And how was that? Like, that seems to me like it would be a huge change, but how was that uh, moving to New Zealand?
0: Uh, I mean... I, I really love New Zealand and I had been been there a bunch of times before mm-hmm. so it wasn't too hard I guess like doing like the the uh, applying for the visa and that stuff was like a little bit trickier but yeah I don't know I really liked it but yeah. uh, we we just realized like um that because we were doing so many comic conventions just flying back and forth uh-huh. we we're just like we really gotta just move to the U.S. because it just doesn't make any sense if we keep going to all these, like, U.S. comic conventions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we had, like, we already had, like, a bunch of friends in L.A. And I think at that point I had done some freelance for animation. Okay. So we're just kind of like, it makes more sense if we just move to L.A. to do this.
1: When you're traveling back and forth to the conventions, were mm-hmm. you going... Just as an attendee or were you getting an actual booth and selling merchandise?
0: Yeah, yeah, we had booths and we were selling merchandise.
2: That's so, like, that is so much travel. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There was, like, the longest we did it for is, I think we did, it was, I feel like there was one time where we were gone for, like, three months or something. Maybe it just felt that long, but we just did, like, a bunch of conventions in a row. And it was just, (laughs) like, it was just a lot of time to, like, not you know, be in your house, you know? So we're just kind of like, we got to just get a home base.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are, you're married at this point, I'm assuming, or...
0: We're married, but we haven't had like a ceremony yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One day. We want to get a house first and then have like a, a wedding. <laughs>
2: that sounds smart and, and difficult to do in California for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, yep. yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I,
2: I was kind of curious though, like when did you guys decide to like do what you guys are doing now? Like was it a slow process to sort of develop like little projects leading up to this or was this sort of the... Um, like a, the goal that you guys had when you kind of joined forces.
0: When we were like uh, friends online, like we had done just like some comics together. They're very terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, uh, we got more serious about it. Like, so when Frank came to visit me when I was graduating, mm-hmm. we we're cleaning up the dorm room, and we had ordered a pizza. And the person arrived there, and they were just like, "I had a lot of trouble finding this building." When I like, they're like, oh, "I went to I went to SCAD too." And I, I, like, studied graphic design, and they're just, like, delivering pizzas now, and we both were just, like, oh, my God, <laughs> we have to do something. <laughs> and then, like, so we went to a couple comic conventions and stuff where, like, we really just need to, like, do a new webcomic and, yeah, go to conventions and post post things online. And, yeah, so we just started do- doing that.
2: Yeah, what was the first like thing that you guys did together.
0: Oh my God. I don't even want to say the name of it. It was just, it was a very like, you know, like bro gamer comic type thing, you know, like definitely, I feel like more like mean spirited and yeah, I don't like for, I just, we just had a phase where we just were like, Whoa, we're really into like clerks and family guys. So,
1: <laughs> so who's the gamer? Is it Frank or both of you?
0: Oh, I, I, I wouldn't call myself a game Frank's definitely more of a gamer. He likes PC games, but I love Nintendo games, and I feel like if you love Nintendo, you're not you're not a true gamer. Uh, <laughs> I <guess> I, <laughs> I'm not a gamer
1: either then, because that's all I care about. Is Nintendo I know. Games. I, I
0: only care about Nintendo games. Like I, I got a, a Switch for Christmas and I've been playing Mario Odyssey. It's mm. very beautiful. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love it.
2: <laughs> and so Frank, the serious gamer, what are you playing?
0: Oh, sorry. He he went to the bathroom real quick. Oh, the- <laughs> oh, he's he's been, he's been very into um what's it called? PUBG, <laughs> like that uh shooty game.
2: Okay. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't know my video games. So Mark, do you know that <laughs> Same. one? Same.
0: <laughs>
2: no, never heard of it. Okay,
0: wait. Frank's Frank's coming back now. <laughs> Frank, we're talking about PUBG. Is that the game? Mm yes tell about the shooting game
3: sorry i had to run out for a second there. no problem i thought becky was i thought becky was gonna like fill all of the dead air <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was just silent for five minutes yes. oh man again
3: <laughs> so what were what, what we talking about PUBG? we're talking about games video games oh yeah i, I play way too much PUBG. it's
0: <laughs> so, like what it's is it i've
3: got into okay, oh play player unknown's battlegrounds which might be the worst name for a video game i've ever heard um <laughs> But yeah, it's so it's a shooter, and I haven't played like a shooter video game since I was a teenager. Like it's been fifteen years that I've kind of been like out mm-hmm. of that that scene entirely. Uh, like if I if I'm looking into a game, I want a game to be beautiful or have some real nostalgia for it, like a Sonic Mania or something like that, or or I want it to be you know an amazing story or like really interesting gameplay or cool puzzles. I usually don't want it to be me shooting a guy with like a realistic like. Replica of like a Russian like weapon, mm-hmm. like. Uh, but yeah, it says like a uh, hundred people on an island. You parachute in. You start with nothing, and then the last person alive is the winner. Um, and it's, like it's battle a, royale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, essentially, like he made the the guy who made it made these battle royale mods um, for other games, and then he got his own game. And mm. it's also really funny. Like, it's fun to set a buggy on fl- a fire and then, like, yeah, fly it's actually, off a cliff. I don't, I don't
0: really <laughs> like games like that, but it is really fun to watch. Because 90% yeah. of the time, no one's even shooting each other. You're just, like, collecting items. And, and you're like, just, like, I'm just hanging around. out with my friends. Yeah. yeah. Like,
3: I'm, I'm playing it with, uh, like, pretty much every night with my buddies, uh, Mike, Will, and Trevor. Uh, Mike, who I, like, uh, I know through, like, art and Will through the computers and Trevor through, like, playing games. And it's, like, we get, like, a really fun, like, social time where we're just kind of like goofing off for a few hours and we actually like started we've been like streaming like a lot of nights. Uh, Will's Will's a big streamer. He's been like streaming for like games for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's it's like really fun, but like artistically like I feel like there's nothing going on there. Yeah. Like it's it's just like very yeah. like gritty looking and but the, I think the pace of it's fun. I think the gameplay style is like like goofier than it lets on. I think it's like uh, like so like Polygon does like a stream called the Awful Squad, and that's like when I first started like really getting into it. Was I was just like, oh, this is a bunch of funny people playing this game, and they're not even that good at it, but it's still fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I played
3: it for seven hundred hours, and then I got good at it. <laughs> and it and it literally is seven hundred hours. It's the most hours I've ever played oh on God. any video game <laughs> in my entire life.
1: When you're working on schedules, do you have to insert a couple hours every day for your gaming?
3: Um, so it isn't so much a (laughs) scheduled thing. Uh, usually we sit down like once we're Cause like I, I've tried to create, it's this really crazy thing. It's called a work life balance.
2: Mm, Never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah,
3: (laughs) A lot of, a lot of artists specifically have never heard of it, but writers, we are a lazy bunch (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and we, and we need, we need our downtime. Uh, and so do artists and they should really take better care of themselves. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I finish work by like 6 PM. Most nights now,
2: are you working and, at home or are you going? Into uh, yeah,
3: office? So I'm, I'm freelancing like uh, you are? I, was, okay. I, was, I was freelancing at Hasbro like a little bit um, last year. And I'd go into the office like every now and then, but yeah, like we have like the, the studio that we're in right now. That's my, That's my work room. It's also like where we ship stuff for like our store. Mm -hmm. It's where we stream playing Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Yeah. like it's, I I don't so much schedule it. It's just sometime around, like usually around like after 8 p.m. I'll see if everyone's around. And if everyone's around, it's like, oh, we'll hop on for a bit. And that might be an hour or it might be four hours. You never know. Yeah. Also, we've we've all kind of been tapering it back like a little bit um, after the holidays. We're all trying to kind of. You know, uh, watch a movie, I've heard of those, <laughs> read a book, <laughs> also very valuable. So
2: what kind of, uh, when you say you're doing freelance, uh, what kind of projects are you working on? Are, are these things that you guys are working on together or are these other uh, outside projects that you're doing?
3: Um, so together we've been uh, developing for television. That stuff, I I can I can say that we're developing for television, but I can't say where yeah. uh, <laughs> or what. Okay, um, wow. So we had, we had uh, two of those going in uh, 2017. Wow. And uh, so that was the vast majority of our freelance on top of that i wrote a script for a video game i has it uh, been
0: announced yet or? yeah the, ga- the
3: game's called viking mushroom um i came on really late in the process like the game was essentially done uh, when i showed up and they're just like hey we write, write these cutscenes, to kind of like around what we have and that was like super fun because i got to write for a video game what other stuff did i do last year I I wrote wrote three books. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wrote the first Town graphic novel uh, and uh, wrote two kids books that I'm doing with Becky. Um, Wow. Busy guy. Yeah, like, it's it's weird because, like, it just, like, when it rains, it pours. And then it Mm -hmm. feels like it's, like, even though, like, I'm chipping away at stuff, like, every day, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like that kind of... I mean, since I came from, like, a a different work world of, like, working, like, with computers and doing design and stuff... Mm -hmm. I kind of had this weird benchmark of like the eight hour work day of yeah. just like you can, you nine to five it. And you know, at the, and at five, you're done. Um, and you do that five days a week or six or seven, mm-hmm. and then you feel satisfied. And then it's like, I've had to try and find this like kind of other place where it's like, yeah, I do like two hours of writing in the morning, then I'll work on our business stuff and I'll take meetings. And yeah. if I have like other, other freelance stuff or other work that I have to do, can kind I of do that, come back to the writing. It's, it's, it's been a real learning process. My thirties has been like the, like the earliest I've like worked any of this stuff out. Like I was just just flailing in my twenties, just like working till 2am and just like,
2: that's what the twenties are for. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's (laughs) that's what they're for. You make Um, all of you, you get the mistakes out.
2: Yeah. Well, (laughs) some of the big ones. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I was wondering if I could add like, so you do a bunch of different type of writing, which is interesting Uh, when you're writing for comics, what is sort of the unique challenges of writing for comics. I, I tend to always think of it as for some reason, I always think of it as the artist is the writer. I don't know why I think that. And I know that's oh, not the I case. Mean, I there mean, there are a
0: lot of comics like that. Yeah, like like, a lot of web comics are done that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and also like, um,
3: and working with Becky, I can be relatively sparse, mm-hmm. like we've been because we've been doing this for like so long, and I we'll be it.
0: working in the same room, so I could just be like, Frank, what does this mean? Yeah, what does this mean? Or okay. <laughs> just like,
3: hey, I want to try this, or I can look over your shoulder and be like, oh, I was kind of going more for this.
2: So, um, like, are that's, you writing? That's writing too. Yeah, are, <laughs> you, are you writing? You're writing dialogue, I take it, and then are you writing sort of art direction notes for for Becky, um, yeah, or like how yeah, does that work um, for a comic?
3: Yeah, like um, like a typical script for me is like I still. Well, with you, I don't break it down by panel anymore, do I?
0: No, you usually have the page. And even then, sometimes I'll I'll usually just start roughing it out and then figure out, like, how many panels I want on the page. And then sometimes I'll we'll have it listed as one page and I'll be yeah. like, this has to be two. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, because that's
3: the... You know, it's, one hard, the it's hard
0: it, to know until you rough it out, really. Yeah, it's
3: one of the big cardinal sins of, like, comic writing is just, like... People try and cram so much in there. Like, uh, It's good I, to have
0: like a kind of general idea of, like, okay, I think this comic's going to be X amount of pages, but it's like, nice that it could be flexible. Whereas
3: like, uh, some artists I work with, like uh, I worked with Tyson Hess, who did The Amazing World of Gumball comics with me, and he wanted everything paneled out. He mm. wanted everything explicitly down on the page, and then he could work from there. Uh, whereas, like, I think for Becky, you prefer like a little bit more freedom with like what you want to do, like visually. Yeah, mm. yeah. Whereas, like Tyson's just like lay it out for me. I don't want to have to think about this. <laughs> so, but then so of course he does think about it, and he makes it better when he does.
2: It <laughs> <with> us, but, <laughs> so, is know? it like a basically like a rough sketch that you're giving them then at that point, like a like a thumbnaily kind of thing, or is it much more refined than that?
0: Oh, like, uh, yeah. So after I, I get the script from Frank, I'll uh, I usually just like uh, I'll rough out all the actions without like kind of figuring out the shape of the panel or anything i'll just Mm -hmm. be like okay these characters will be doing this with this dialogue and then after i do that then i kind of figure out like how i want to arrange the panels and then like the figure out the composition a lot more and uh then i'll go to um like the way i've been doing it now is i'll do the uh lettering in photoshop first and then rough it out then do the yeah that's the worked really well
3: yeah um it gives everything like room to
2: breathe
0: yeah back when I was doing painted comics you couldn't it was harder to do it that way because I would do the lettering digitally but I couldn't really yeah. do it on a painting first so yeah. also
3: like um the way that we kind of used to do it for like a like for the big tiny kin teeth book was I would do a second dialogue pass at the end ah uh. And I, I kinda don't have like so it's just like if there's things in dialogue that's then carried by the visuals, then I can you know, I can change the dialogue and it can we can get more of like a contrast or we can get a little more depth out of it mm-hmm. rather than the art just hammering home what the characters are saying. Yeah. Um whereas like on Bustle Town, like our new one, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like like <laughs> Becky just like completely gets it. And adds like so much texture, uh, like outside of like the dialogue, where it's just like, oh wow, you made my words look better. <laughs> I mean, that's always been the case, but like, <laughs> but now I don't it's have very I, nice of you, Becky. Yeah, yeah. Although no, that's that's like my favorite thing about like working in collaboration with other people. Like, I can't imagine how most writers, like, well, not even most, but like how any writer rather could be like, oh man, they drew this different to how it was in my head. Well, if it was like different in my head, like, it's like that's because I can't draw. <laughs> and and like honestly, on any project I've ever worked on with any artist I've ever worked on, it will never it will never come out exactly as it is in my head, mm-hmm. but it always comes out better. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I I think maybe that's like a takeaway that I think a lot of people in animation, a lot of people in comics could really get on board with which is this idea of like collaboration as actual collaboration rather than like one person is the director and you have to like realize a like a vision it's good Mm -hmm. to have direction but it's not necessarily uh conducive to like a positive working environment when you have like a person who's just like do this you didn't do it the way i thought of it and it's just like Mm -hmm. well yeah of course not because you gave bad direction
2: (laughs) (laughs) How was that sort of – did you guys have to develop this this way of working together? Like was it rough at the beginning and then you sort of, you know, you can kind of predict what the other one is either thinking or, or something like that. But was it was it difficult at the beginning? Like
3: we're both kind of coming up at the same time. So we're both like learning as we went. Yeah. Mm. I
0: mean I, I would say that like – because with Tiny Kitten Teeth, usually we're doing like – because it was a webcomic, we're doing a page at a time. Mm. So that was kind of weird. But then I yeah. think – in later chapters, I think you would write out the whole chapter.
3: For Titan Kinteath, I don't think we ever got that far. I think oh. for chapter zero, like when we did Yeah, like the, that one
0: I think you might have written yeah, out. Yeah, I wrote whole out the whole one. thing.
3: But like we were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We we're just trying to get stuff on the internet. We just thought that was just like how things were done. Because we were like we were taking that webcomic strip mentality uh-huh. to what was clearly like a story-based comic. We were really working out a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. On that and I, f- I feel like now like with like the Bustletown comic, we're just releasing once a chapter is done, then we're putting that up yeah. like as a whole thing. And I, I feel like I prefer that system. Yeah. Just doing it e- even in then
3: it's just like since the second book I've made ahead by like two chapters. Mm-hmm.
2: So let's talk a little bit about Bustletown then, because we're we're kind of dancing around it so far. But can you just tell everybody who might not know what Bustletown is?
0: Oh, okay. So it's a web comic that um It's kind of like Animal Crossing and Richard Scary, like a bunch of little animals in a town, but then combined with like a magical girl thing where they use uh, stickers to transform. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) and then they usually have like pretty small problems and then they like transform with the stickers to solve them. Like in the first one, the main character, Geneva, the squirrel runs out of tea. And she needs to get more tea. And that's like the whole crisis. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's, it's, it's like tiny critters with tiny problems, but they're actually, they matter a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I
2: want to live there. Cause it's so adorable. Um, oh, so uh, how, thank you. how did you come up with this, with this concept? Was this something that you had been sort of thinking about for a while or was it brand new? And it just that sprung all forward all fully. <laughs> full.
3: yeah. I think the only thing I came up with was the name.
0: Oh yeah. You came. Cause like I had, uh, I had done a bunch of drawings like, oh, what had happened was <laughs> I got very into uh, calico critters. I uh-huh. you know, those little toys that have the little Sylvadian outfits.
2: families. And
0: I'm like, <laughs> I want to make my own ones. And then That's I started to th- design <laughs> the Bustletown characters. And then, like, mm. uh, weirdly, part of the reason the sticker part happened was Frank and I almost did a book with Tyrese Gibson. Huh. And me and Tyrese <laughs> had gone into a conversation about how much kids love stickers. And then, like, I My was thinking is what about what kids it.
3: want. Kids want stickers. Kids love
0: stickers. <laughs> and then, like, I was just thinking about more and more. I was like, whoa, what if the stickers, like, could do magical powers? They could transform with the stickers. So I just kind of combined those, and I was like, Frank, make it a story. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's
3: the usual process.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Frank, story both, this.
0: Both the Gibsons working. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How did, I, I feel like I can't go past that without going back a little bit. How did, what was that? Like, how did that come up, that project?
3: Oh, uh, working, uh, well, we didn't actually end up making anything with Tyrese because he's busy. <laughs> like um i yeah. think
0: that the deadline for the project too was like he
3: wants it to be done like, yeah so we're weeks, like
0: oh we we so can't, can't do, do it, it but
3: yeah but like uh yeah we got to hang out with him he's super cool he's like really nice he who, like he digs comics who
0: introduced us
3: i'm not sure i can out the person who introduced like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh,
0: good good point <laughs> yeah
3: um but yeah like uh, like working with like we we never finished a project or anything I and mean, hanging so out with Tyrese was fun He's nice. He took really good care of us and just like is really kind and like let us into his home. And also, well,
1: next time you talk to him, let him know that Jared's (laughs) open to do a a project with a three week turnaround. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, three, three, like, People, people with deadlines, they don't understand art takes time.
2: I <laughs> yeah, it's all machines now, isn't it? Don't you just push a button on the computer and you got a whole. It's called Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all
0: button. CG. Nice. <laughs> it's, an, it's an algorithm.
3: Yeah. like it's—it's it's like, And also it's like, it's super tricky with like a lot of people because um, they work with people who are just like, yeah, three weeks is fine. Yeah. Two weeks is fine. Overnight's exactly. fine. And then they like come into contact with us and we're just like, oh God. And they're like. Wait, but I thought this was, like, easy. I was like, oh, no, everyone else has just been indulging you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's crazy. We just had uh, Martin on a few weeks ago, and he said he thrives on, like, the one-day turnarounds or you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. within the hour. He's, and I uh, Yeah, yeah he's on a different wavelength for sure. I, think,
3: I, I want, yeah. like, a nap. That's, yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the only thing I can turn around in an hour. <laughs>
2: exactly. I just hear his schedule, and I'm exhausted, so. <laughs> I yeah uh, I could not do what he does. He's Time Magazine though. He you know weekly crunch, uh, just yeah. I don't know how he does it, but um, yeah. But,
3: like like we we doing the daily webcomic grind for a while, and it's just like, that's, that I seems overwhelming. Yeah, I yeah. can't do that again. <laughs> At one point, we tried to do seven pages a week.
0: Yeah, it was a bad idea. Wow. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> but you don't
3: know until you try.
2: Yeah. So that's, what
0: other
1: What else surprises me or really impresses me are artists or writers even that do multiple comics within a month. Mm. So they're doing multiple monthlies. So if you break it down, especially if you're an artist, that's like, what is it, 28 pages, mm. give or take, per issue. And if you've got like five titles you're doing, that's a ton. That's over a page a day. So many. Yeah. There's like insane.
3: I know like a Roger Langdridge can do a number of pages in a day and it doesn't show because he's like so utterly talented. But like I understand for like comics, like where there's this like a penciler does like this, the pencil aspect Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's something doable there.
0: But with superhero comics are so detailed. So I don't, that's what I don't understand. It's a
3: lot. Like at least they have high, like bigger lead times on their books.
0: They well, what? Yeah, they have
3: better lead times. Where it's oh. just like, hey, this book's gonna come out in six months, and they have you work on it like three months ahead of time. Oh, that's outside. true. Yeah. Um, but like, I when I was writing two monthly books, cause I was writing Gumball and Capture Creatures. Mm-hmm. My brain almost exploded. Like just doing like, <laughs> writing like uh, twenty-two to thirty pages every two weeks is it? It gets you. It gets you real quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how people do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, one, just to keep up, you know, just to do the physical work, but two, to sort of stay into it. So you're not just, you know, spilling out garbage for, for two weeks straight <laughs> or something. Exactly. Like, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's hard. <laughs> when, when you set out to do bustle town, like what was, uh, I love all these projects that you guys do, but like, how do you conceive of this project? Do you think, well, it'll be a, a, an online comic and then we'll do a book or what's the big picture when you set out to do these projects?
0: Like, for Bustle time we w- want to do it as, like, a fully color- colored, like, uh, graphic novel mm-hmm. at some point.
3: Yeah, we're thinking, like, uh, like the French album format. So, like, we're thinking, like, 60-ish pages mm. like per book. Was that kind of like mm-hmm. what we are looking at? Um, I'm open to doing, like, bigger ones, too. Like, we also, like, think about, like, now. We're like, oh, maybe this could work as, like, a little animated short. Like, or oh, can do something like absolutely. that. absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, we're trying to do, like, more of that. This year is kind of like thinking about like little ways we can get animation out there, but yeah, like for Bustle Town, it was just like again, it's just like a lot of things start as just like cute illustrations, and then like a few things, and then it's like okay, this can like blow up into something bigger, because mm-hmm. we've had like some some projects that you know don't do that, yeah, like Little Guy, Big Guy.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: The Little Guy Big Guy was just a series of illustrations where it would be like a big dog and there'd also be a small dog.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's a great idea.
3: <laughs> as, it's not the biggest concept. I mean, the name's good, but it was just like that one. That one didn't quite, you know, oh, yeah, that, I mean, hit, that one, hit a graphic novel stage. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that, that one works just for illustration, I feel. Yeah. We're
3: doing this other like little series, uh, The Curious Critters of the All Sorts Forest, mm-hmm. um, where it's just like. Kind of maybe like a little capture creature style thing where we're kind of getting like a little more into the stories of this like little world and who knows if it will become anything more than just like the art book. But you know, once you work on these things you kind of fall in love with them and then it's just like, well, what else can I do with them? Like where else mm-hmm. can they go? Yeah. How can I, how can I kind of make this bigger?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This bustle town though, seems just perfect for animation. Like I definitely, I hope so. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it like sounds I, it
1: reminded me of um a less violent happy tree friends.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: like That's it's fun. yeah, we we wanted to do like we just wanted to make something like it, it's I mean it, like it sounds like super corny. It's like, we just want to make something sweet for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I think we've got like enough like subversive things out there enough like kids books that aren't really kids books. They're like scary or Or enough of, like... Oh, yeah,
0: like, every convention we're at, parents always have to ask, like, is this actually for kids? (laughs) Or we gotta (laughs) open this up, and it's, like, It's, like, no, we made, like,
3: a kid's book. But also, it's, like, I Hmm. I think, especially, like, with, like, cartoons, I think people can try to impress their friends. um, (laughs) And, or just make something, like, a little more obtuse and artistic, and I think that can totally work. But, and you definitely don't talk down to kids, but, like, I'm... I'm trying to make something with like kids as like the the reader or viewer in mind. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been like the whole drive behind like what we've been doing like the past like decade. Sure. Is like after after Tiger Butter came out, we saw the reaction to what I think is like the Purest kind of uh, distillation of our work, which was just like, Hey, we put out something really genuine that we really believed in. And here's like the art and people responded to it really positively. And then we got to see how kids reacted to it
0: mm-hmm.
3: as well. Like there's, there's a, there's a video on our computer that was sent to us uh, by people singing songs while reading tiger about to like their kid. And <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, Oh my God. Okay. This is what I meant to do. <laughs> like yeah. this is, this is where I can make the biggest impact. Um, and you know, I think it. I think it gave value to something where it was just like you know, like we all started wanting to make like snarky stuff or you know, you. Oh yeah, to, I
0: I didn't name our old one comic, but I mentioned yeah. <laughs> talked about it briefly. Yeah, it's just like you know, you want to, you
3: want to do this stuff which is like edgy and you know because you you know if you if you put that really genuine side of you out there, it kind of leaves you much more vulnerable, and it's kind of a little easier to put up like some armor and make fun of stuff or like you know.
2: Yeah, but I do think it's a good time for it now though too i mean even something like adventure time i think that's what i respond to so much i mean it's oh, it's, it's ama- amazing such, it's an amazing show yeah the world building the characters but there is a sincerity to it and it does sort of straddle that for kids for adults and you know kind of kind of thing, I, I without the, being too exactly. much and that's
3: that's what the best stuff does like the, the like the best like, uh, like old disney feature films mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is they can hit on both levels absolutely and it doesn't and it doesn't detract from the enjoyment of any aspect of the audience
2: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: And, and that's you know i and i think that was because you know they're not they're like they uh, okay uh <laughs> like, let's i'm trying to, i'm trying to think of like an example of media
0: paddington <laughs> we just watched the first paddington there's like, <laughs> like yeah it's there's like a lot of jokes in there that, that are like only adult would get but like it doesn't like a kid would still like they wouldn't be bored. It's all like they're, they're
3: they're like throwing like a subversive joke that's just for the parents and designed to go over the heads of kids. Right. It right, still right. like hits as like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. For a kid, even if you don't quite understand what they're saying, it's still funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a there's a sweetness I think that a, a lot of stuff uh, sacrifices when they try to edgy it up i don't even know if it's mm-hmm. like for adults per se but it's just to make it like i don't know it's like you can feel like they took a brush and just went let's make this cooler and let's make this yeah you know, like, let's, <laughs> pu- let's
3: punch <laughs> let's punch this up a little bit yeah and like, that's
2: why like the i mean i hate to say these kind of things but that new peter rabbit makes me cry <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it really
0: oh, worries I, did, me. I haven't seen the trailer for it oh
2: yet. It's oh, a, no, because I, mean, I love, I mean, I love those illustrations. Of course. Yeah, I, I love Matrix the
0: Potter's arts. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's, it, that's why I was raised I, on.
2: And the world yeah. that, you know, she created, especially for that time and everything, just timeless and yeah. great. And, and a lot of core stuff that I love about art. Uh, so then you see this movie and you think, oh gosh, I mean, it's, <laughs> you'll have to check it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> check out I at mean, least hopefully- the trailer. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, like, I feel like a lot of kids' movies, the trailers are always The trailer for Paddington
3: was, like, a hellscape. They just picked out, like, here
0: were, like, the two, like, grossest jokes in the movie. That's the entire trailer. And it's, Uh, like, the movie's not really like that. A friend of mine
3: uh, uh, has worked in film trailers. Mm. And he talked about a trailer that he was cutting for a movie where he added fart sounds to it. Because there (laughs) Because there weren't fart sounds in the movie, and they they wanted a joke. But they to needed hit. it. <laughs> yeah, they needed they needed that in there because I what's gonna bring the kids in. Uh, uh, it's like the first Tangled trailer where it has the pink song playing. Yes. Oh
0: yeah, I was so worried about that movie, and then I saw yes. it. And I was like, oh, it's great.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's because exactly like I was just true. like, oh man. Disney going to try and like ape dreamworks and they're going to do a really bad job at it. And it's going to bump me out. Or, or and even, it's like, Oh no, they just made a really good movie instead. But the trailer was just like, or hell. even like yeah. the
0: Coco trailer where it's had bittersweet symphony. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it's not in the movie. It's- right. <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: Oh my God. That movie is wonderful.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. It's, great.
0: it's so just, great.
3: Yeah. That, that, that one hit me real hard. I'm the son of a musician who mm. gave up touring. Wow! Uh, to raise a family. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I was just like, Ooh, oh, this really gets you. <laughs>
2: so I know we're, we're. I, I don't want to not talk about uh, Becky's day job, which is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you tell everybody what you do? I'll let you describe it because I'm sure you'll do a better job.
0: Oh, uh, I'm a character designer on uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. And I started uh, on season two there. Okay. So, and right now,
3: You started as a prop designer on season
0: two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started out as prop designer in season two, and uh, then I started to do props and concept art, and then I became a a character designer.
2: So can you tell us what what does that mean when you say prop designer exactly? I think I have a sense, but I wonder if you can explain that a little.
0: Oh, uh, so for prop design, it's basically you're drawing anything that animates that's not the character. So if a character is is on a bicycle or they're holding a mug. Like anything that's not a that's not a background element or a character. Okay. You would be drawing. Mm. And then you usually have to draw like draw it at different angles or and star a lot of times it's draw like draw this object and then drop broken
1: because <laughs> she's break always stuff. breaking
0: stuff for their magic
1: <laughs> so you, you got you came in on the second season mm-hmm. um i wonder if you can kind of talk about how that works being an artist being introduced to something that has a history um where you're i'm i'm sure you're expected to make everything look and feel a certain way like how does that work when you are thrown into something that's already existing where you're not building it from the ground up. You're kind of jumping in in the middle of it.
0: I feel like it kind of made it a little bit easier because it's just like, okay, all the rules and everything's set up Mm -hmm. for the style. Mm -hmm. And also I felt with Star in particular, I was lucky because it's like, oh, this is a style like similar enough to like what I draw. Like a lot of times when I do uh, character designs, I'll draw a cute cat how I would draw a cute cat. Like the style also is like fairly flexible where it's not like um if you drew something in family guy style like every character has the same eyes and you know like pretty similar looking uh in style but like with star it's really nice that uh there is a style to it but it's um i feel like there's a lot more leeway to put your own um your own style and put yourself into it like i feel like every Border and every designer gets to like put themselves in the show, which is really nice.
1: That's cool. Do you do you were you given like a branding or a style guide that says you know I don't know the certain shape you have to utilize certain shapes for certain objects, or they want uh, a specific color palette to be used. Oh, how how specific are they getting with with what you're working on
0: for the props. There was, uh, the art director Israel Sanchez made a style guide, but it wasn't, like, super... It was seriously just, like, maybe, like, two pages long. It, like, wasn't... Because I've seen other style guides that are, like, very intense, where it's just, like, everything has to be at this exact line weight, and that, yeah, like, it has to be this specific shapes and stuff, but, like, for, like, the prop design, it was... The style guide wasn't like too like intense like that. It wasn't like, it has to be done this way. It can't be done that way. And for like yeah. the the character style guide, I seriously think it was like one image of like, this is how a star's eyes are closed. This is like, don't don't do don't draw the teeth this way. It was like there wasn't like it wasn't like twenty pages of like how to draw the character, which I've seen before, and like I feel like that would be really scary to do. <laughs> mm. uh, so yeah, it's it's not like too strict. Uh, it's pretty cartoony, so the characters like models can change a bit.
2: So you've you've done work in animation. Like, how did you transition to doing work for the for the animation industry? Was it just because there was like a uh, you know a more steady job that you can do while you're doing your other projects, or, like how did you go to animation?
0: Oh well, I had been doing uh, a bunch of. Freelance for animation for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, was this conceptual
2: like, uh, stuff that you were doing for them or... Uh,
0: the, f- the very first animation thing I did was a short for Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was... There was a script written by... Uh, Julianna Julia Vickerman. Yeah, Juliana Vickerman. And then I did storyboards. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had to like... I remember... Uh, I. I asked uh, Rebecca Sugar and uh, Ian and I was like, how do you storyboard? <laughs> uh, cause I, at that point too, there weren't a whole lot of like, cause nowadays I feel like everyone posts their storyboards online and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And luckily uh, they, they both were like, Oh, there's like a, st- a Simpson storyboard guide you could look at online. There's like some website that had posted it. So I like looked at that and then I, I did the character designs and then I painted all the backgrounds for it. And, uh wow. meredith grand uh who does the webcomic octopus pie uh, she did all the animation and jenny goldberg did the um she did the puppets for the characters in it mm. yeah cool. and then
3: like from there you did like you did concept for like nick jr like visual development stuff and you did like um some development for a movie that never happened
0: yeah i did a lot of development for things that never happened
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a but you got to work with some really cool people yeah
0: we got to do um We got to post it recently, but we did development for DuckTales like very early on. uh, And we got to post all that stuff.
3: Yeah, like I don't think I can post my writing stuff really. But uh, (laughs) the art got out there. When Um, they're coming
2: to you for this development stuff, what, uh, and you can speak generally, obviously, you don't have to speak about a certain project, but what are they giving you? Like, what are they telling you uh, sort of as your assignment?
0: It depends on. The project, like for the Ducktales one, it was pretty loose. they were, like go nuts. Yeah, they're just like, "What's your version of Ducktales?" Like that oh, was pretty wow. much the only directive. I think they just said like write, like do some character designs and uh you know write some descriptions and huh. but like yeah, there it was kind of just like do do it whatever you want to do for it, which was really were, cool. Did
1: they t- give you specific characters to recreate from the original series, or did they ask for original?
3: concepts and
1: original characters
3: uh it was all recreation stuff they didn't really yeah, I do anyone yeah i
0: don't think we were meant to add um, anyone
3: yeah like it it was really cool though i've always been like a fan of the comics and, so they came and the to show, you guys so. as a
2: team though and said like a uh, give us a, a concept basically for this like if you guys were to do yep. this show
3: yep basically mm-hmm. my ideal project wow yeah.
2: <laughs> that, that's incredible though i mean was that <laughs> was that as exciting as it sounds when you guys got that call or whatever
0: yeah yeah yeah, it was yeah. super exciting <laughs> yeah and yeah. honestly i
3: thought our meeting was gonna be about something else oh
2: really
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it was like super cool um and yeah we've done like a little bit more like that and you know we've done development like of our own stuff as a team sure yeah and that's been fun um and that's kind of like my goal for kind of 2018 is to do a lot more of that
2: that's exciting i i hope I hope that works out <laughs> uh, Me so, too.
3: That'd be real cool. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and what did you do on uh bee and puppy cat? Cause I, that's a great series of shorts and stuff. What was, uh, were you guys on early development for that or worked on the, the process? Of <laughs> I, was, I was
3: the first one on
2: you were. Oh
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Frank was, uh, he did the, the voice of Wallace, the fish in the really? pilot.
3: Yeah. I, I, was, I just voice acted in the pilot. I had nothing to do with it other than, uh, I, I voice acted that character. um, <laughs> And then uh, when they went to go and do more, um, I was one of the uh, co-writers on the series. That, like, uh, co-wrote every episode with uh, Natasha and uh, Bedlam Flores. Um, and then like, partway into the writing process, they needed a character designer. And I told Natasha that Becky was available. And Natasha was like, what? And then like, <laughs> immediately like, Becky was on the project. <laughs> wow.
1: Okay, before we go too much further past this, can we hear some Wallace, please?
3: So, Okay. <laughs> there's, there's a story behind the Wallace voice and the story behind the Wallace voice was, I had a really bad cold and <laughs> uh, we we're about to head to the UK um, for, it was a convention uh, we were going to thawbubble in the UK mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. And I was super sick. And so I was like really hopped up on dequil and stuff. <laughs> and I had to take a nasal spray before I, before I did it. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, Wallace is just my voice except with a cold and he's really sad. But uh, I have a talking plush toy of him. that They released, <laughs> which is like
0: oh, it scares our cats. <laughs> yeah, if it bites my cats, it scares
3: them because they're like, why is his voice coming out of the the, the toy? <laughs> um, um, and the the other weird thing about the toy is like, so you like cycle through like the lines that I say, but like I don't say that many lines mm-hmm. like in the episode. So <laughs> for like the last sample they play like the one of the songs that puppy cat does yeah and uh that's my friend will who did the song and we weren't friends at the, we didn't really know each other at the time there we no. met we met through the show uh, we had like a show dinner oh one night. you
0: haven't talked about the are you allowed to talk about the other voice acting you did last year
2: <sighs> <laughs> wow that's a great tease oh
3: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I did a, some voice acting for the Side and Happiness show. Uh, that was uh, well. It was on what was it called?
0: Oh, the, the thing um, that's gone. CISO. CISO. Yeah. And now it's okay. on
3: VRV, which is where everything from CISO went after CISO died. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, I've done like a couple little voice things here and there. Is but, this like, something that puppycat, it was like
2: you want to do more of, or just you just happen to be the I, guy I, right I, there? I,
3: I, <laughs> I, I stumbled into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 I 100% stumbled into it, but I, I love doing it. Like I, I would love to do more voice stuff. Oh um, my gosh. Cause I mean, it's like, it's like whenever I get to do it, it's like such a blast. Like I did uh I Ryan Shannon, who's a storyboard artist on uh OK at Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, a, I did, I did voices uh, for her uh, senior film because uh, I like came in and I was just like, Oh, so what's a, Like, what, like, what do you want me to read? And she's like, Well, there are these three characters. And I'm like, three what?
2: <laughs>
3: and I'm like, I have to do different voices for each one. And she's like, Yes. And so I did. <laughs> On the spot, I just like worked out <laughs> some stuff and well, just like fun. went for it. Yeah. Yeah. I I like I, I really like doing voice work.
2: Cool. Um, My one, gosh.
3: One day, one day I'll come back.
2: Such a <laughs> such a busy guy. You guys are both such busy people. So I had a million more questions, but I know we're kind of running out of time here. So we are gonna do, we are gonna wrap up with Uh, something new, we're just going to ask you some quick questions. You don't, you can answer these however you choose to. You can both answer, um, there might be the same answer for the both of you. Um, but we can just drill through these and then we'll, we'll wrap everything up. Awesome. Um, So Mark, did you have any for this or is this just going to be my questions?
1: Uh, we'll we'll let you be the the test dummy for this. Okay, and so you can go. blame me with this. yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay, so. so whatever happens here, guys, it's all Jared. <laughs> this
2: could thing. be the first and last time we do this. So here we go. Uh, we'll what, try
3: and do a good job.
2: Thank you. What was the uh, what was the last film you saw in the theater?
0: Coco. 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 Yeah. Okay, good. Uh yeah, that great. Me,
2: tell us something in your Netflix queue.
0: Oh, I've been, I just, uh, I've been watching American Vandal. (laughs)
2: Okay. (laughs) Oh, I hear that's
3: super cool.
0: That's really good.
3: Uh, uh, stuff that's in like, I, so I actually don't have, I don't have Netflix. Uh, Netflix is on, uh, Becky's, uh, iPad. Oh, okay. But, um,
2: (laughs) she doesn't share. So,
3: yeah. Yep, so
0: for me only. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've
3: been watching uh, NXT, which is the up and coming wrestlers on WWE Network. Ah, wow, okay. Uh, that's that's always in my queue. But, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, what was your favorite band or singer in high school?
0: Oh man, in high school. I'll go
3: Nine Inch Nails. as was Trent Reznor. Wow. Yeah,
0: I mean, mine was probably Nine Inch Nails.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're both team goths. Yeah, <laughs> we're <all> mall goths.
2: <laughs> uh, name your favorite dessert or junk food or comfort food. <gasps>
0: I love mango sticky rice. Chips.
2: Oh. <laughs> also, chi-
0: yeah. Also, chips. Yeah, and and uh, Scandinavian swimmers from Trader Joe's. Oh yeah,
3: the fake Swedish fish from Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm I'm a savory guy, whereas Becky's like the the, sw- the sweet one. Yeah. But, uh, but also, you know, Is- I don't. I don't choose. Is there a specific
2: <laughs> kind of chip or just chips in general? There,
3: okay, so there's two. There's a New Zealand there's a New Zealand version of Sun Chips called Grain Waves and the uh, sour cream and onion flavor. Oh, ch- no, sour cream and chives, sorry. A New Zealand sour cream and chives flavor. And then there's also a uh, honey soy chicken kettle chip that they uh, make in New Zealand and that's a wow. That's a
1: lot of things. That's yeah, fancy. My, yeah. My my, yeah. My,
3: my, par- my parents will mail me a bag of each each year. Uh, or bring it over when they visit so. just one bag for the year uh, yeah, yeah if, if, they're, if they're around this good there's gonna be problems <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay and then this is the last one it's a little harder and it's, it's very different than the others. What are you afraid of? and you can answer that however you want Oh abject poverty <laughs> <laughs>
0: Knives. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's afraid of knives. Just uh, in general? Or... <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that's good. Knives. Interesting. Um, okay, that's it. <laughs> Those are my questions. What do you think, Mark? <laughs>
3: um,
1: that was fun. So, yeah, we might. Um, I think it's cool to do something like that. We'll see if we get a reaction from listeners or not. Yeah. That'll be the true test. Yeah, do the,
3: the lightning round sounds fun. I think
1: it's yeah. good yeah. Mm-hmm. We tried something similar earlier on But I don't know why it didn't stick I think but,
2: we, we mean, did it with Star Wars And we got derailed so quickly That it was like oh, <laughs> it Turned into there, like a whole there second there interview yeah. <laughs> The Last Jedi is um, a great movie
3: I won't hear, I won't hear
1: otherwise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well we we talk for two hours yeah. About it <laughs> uh, <laughs> earlier episode. I, Our review um, was
2: as long as the film itself Which is saying Oh my god <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's by
1: far our longest uh, episode. Um, But uh, before we we jump off, I do want to say thank you so much to both of you guys for coming on uh, and spending time talking with us and letting us get to hear more of your story. I I know Jared said he had a million questions. I think we easily could have gone for another hour here absolutely. so if you guys are up for it
3: we would love to have you back on it sometime i would absolutely yeah. love to come back this has been fantastic Yeah, thank you so much for having yeah, us as well you. like uh i'm glad you want to hear about a lot of weird stuff
1: it's awesome to know that we have these common these weird kind of obscure interests in our in our history yeah. so um, everyone has a wrestling know. story Everyone has one. That's, a, that's a, like
3: So I can count on one hand the people I run into who don't have like even just like a, yeah, I saw this like weird Hulk Hogan movie or something like that. Like, I, I think that's like the, the fabric that holds together the artistic community is like some weird relationship <laughs> to wrestling. <laughs> uh, you know what?
1: We could probably find a thing like, you know, everybody has a relationship with something. And then that's a really good premise for a podcast. I think you did,
0: <laughs> oh, you did, yeah.
2: something, you did something real good. There. <laughs> oh, <thank you.
3: laughs> so bev- I'm going to have to check out the, was it, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's the one, uh, every, every so, Thursday, we haven't missed an episode somehow, which is crazy. <laughs> is there anything
2: else you guys want to, uh, talk about though before we go? Is there anything you want to promote that's coming up for you?
3: Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just really excited about the capture creatures book. That's, uh, going to be out in bookstores and comic book stores. Um, in March and you know, you cool. can order it from your local comic book store now. Oh, okay, if you're so inclined.
0: Can you order it from Amazon? That's uh, you like can pre-order it from Amazon. Question. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's up from <laughs> on Amazon, And it's uh,
3: apparently going to be in target as well, which is pretty wow. Cool. Oh, oh that's really this, cool.
0: I, I want to plug another thing too. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a short, uh, I did, I worked on for Nickelodeon called cupcake of doom and I did all the character designs for it. And that's on, it came uh, out really
3: nice. It's really beautiful. Boarded by Drianne Bruhar. uh, Brienne Drewhard, rather, um, and uh, co-written by Donnie McCauley. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it came out so good.
0: And that one's on uh Facebook. Nick yeah, Nick Nickelodeon shorts.
3: animation on Facebook, the Nick Shorts.
0: Yeah.
2: So that yeah, was like cool. a kind of like a contest thing, or was that part of a? a yeah, yeah,
3: uh, yeah. Trevor Reese pitched that at a San Diego Comic Con like three or four years ago. Okay. Um, and he'd never worked in animation before. He just had like an idea. And uh, then Phil Rinda brought like Becky and Brienne and Donnie and everyone in, and was just like, "Hey, here's this idea."
0: Yeah, it was Go for it, it was really fun to work on, and, and it came out
3: really cute. Yeah, and
2: yeah. I, so what I saw of it, I thought it was really yeah, really cute, really funny, a uh, little different. So cool. We'll have to post uh, a link to that on the site, but awesome.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say if for everybody that is listening that is not already familiar with. Um, their work. We will leave links to how you can check out all their stuff and give them a follow. So um, thanks again for coming on, you guys. Uh, But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later.